How many remember that movie? What was it, like 1999, I think, 1999, Runaway Bride. All the men in here were like, that was one of the chick flicks that, uh, that our wife uh, tricked us into, right? No, no, no. What an you know, awesome movie, right? And it's funny because Maggie, what was that? Like her, she, three of them, is that right? Like there were three different guys that she left standing, three different fiancés that she left at the altar. And the problem was is she didn't really know who she was, right? Like she didn't, she was trying to find herself. In fact, every fiancé, um, whatever their favorite eggs were, that were her favorite eggs. I'll just have what he's having. And, and, um, and, and then there's this writer, um, Richard Greer, of course. Um, I think Ike, is that, was that his name in the movie, Ike? Um, he, he writes a story on her, and then he gets fired because he will not reveal his sources. And he writes a story, and, and she, man, is this young, beautiful, energetic um, woman that, that has, a, has a problem committing, you know? And uh, so he writes a story, and there's some errors in it. And so he leaves New York City. He goes to Maryland to say, you know what? Well, fine, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this thing out. I'm gonna get to know you. And you remember the story. As he spent time with her, what happened? He fell in love, right? He fell in love, romantic comedy. He falls in love with her, and, um, and yeah, she leaves him. And then finally, I think the way, if I remember the story correctly, I think finally um, she goes to New York um, to his apartment, and there she is, and, and um, she tells him, you know, it's, it's the, you know, I want you back type of thing. Um, I was lost. It was me. It's not you. I promise. And, and can you imagine the tension of, seriously, think with me just for a minute. Can you imagine the tension of walking down the aisle twice with the chick that left you already once? I mean, wouldn't that be crazy, right? How many in here, anyone ever leave you at the altar? No, no, I'm just kidding. We won't, won't ask that. You know, I've done a lot of weddings, and weddings are hilarious. Weddings create tension, and tension creates attention. That's what happens. And just a minute, we're going to illustrate that. Um, but some of the funniest things I've happened at weddings, man, it's just hilarious. Um, I, I remember my sister's wedding. This was this story. Um, I, I'll never forget it. I was, a, I was a junior, I think, junior in high school. And uh, my sister's getting married. And so you've got, um, what ladies, y'all got to help me out here. What, what's the, is it the runner? Is that what they call it? The runner that you, okay. So the way that they did this is uh, we were in this uh, huge church with a massive middle aisle. And so they're coming down the aisle and um, everyone's standing, and, but right before she does, I don't, they wanted this grand entrance of the aisle runner. And so my um, uncle, he was amazing, and I love him. He's not a church person, and he's a great guy, man. He's a great guy. He's known to slip a few um, cuss words here and there. He, uh, he's got this runner, and they're getting it about halfway down, and halfway down it gets stuck. And I'm like, oh, no, Uncle Chuck is stuck. And here come the words, right? You know what I'm saying? I just pick it on them. But, man, they're sitting there, and they're wrestling with this thing. And so at first it's a, you know, and then, then it's the, oh, I feel embarrassed for them moment. And then it's just the flat out, that's hilarious. Someone record this thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this could go viral quick. Uh, funny. I, I remember another wedding I was in. I remember they're coming down the aisle, and they had the candles. They were the candles, and and, but they had them on stands, and the bride knocked over one of them. And so the candle was actually lit, and next thing you know, and it's the big, you know, weddings, weddings. Well, if you're just joining us, I want to say first off, welcome to Momentum. Welcome to our series. Our series is 
dashboard, and we're talking about keeping what matters most in front of us. Keeping what matters most in front of us. So, in other words, life comes hard. Life comes fast. Life is not easy. I mean, we've got, we've got relationships, and we've got jobs, and we've got kids, and we've got, you know, neighbors, and pressure, and bills, and just on and on and on. Life is not easy. It's not easy, is it? And, and so the whole, the whole goal of this series is to say, let's simplify Let's take a few things that matter the most. Let's put them in front of us. Let's keep them in front of us. And life will be a little bit more simple as long as we make sure that we keep our eyes on the dashboard. Does that make sense? Like you're driving, you run out of gas, you know, because you forgot to look at it. That, that, that gauge is there for a reason. And so today, I want to talk to you about the gauge emotional. And I'm already thinking this, we're going to go more than one week here. And um, just so you know, I'm not going to try to cram it all in today. We'd be here for months. But um, I, I want to talk to you about this emotional gauge. And, and I want to talk to you about runaway emotions today. Can I talk to you about that? Runaway emotions. Have your emotions ever ran away from you? Have your emotions ever just taken off? And I mean, like they showed themselves and you were like, whoa, you're trying to reel it back in. Or maybe you're sitting beside somebody, you know, maybe you're sitting beside someone like that. You know, in all my education, um, really focused in on, uh, on uh, biblical studies and that kind of stuff. And even did, uh, did a little bit of studies on, on counseling. Now, I'm not a professional counselor. Not a professional. People, will you counsel us? I'm like, you don't want me to counsel you. Um, I will find you. I help find you a professional counselor. I believe the Bible has the truth. I believe it's the answer. I believe this contains every tool in the toolbox we need. But I don't know how to operate every tool. Because I'm not a professional counselor. But in my training, one of the things that I did learn, this is really cool. One of the things that I did learn is I learned how when you're speaking to a crowd, you just connect in the eyes. And when you look in their eyes, you can read people. In fact, they taught me how that I can look in people's eyes and I can find out who actually has emotional hangups. Just by like connecting in the eyes. So, like, I could walk around and look in someone's eyes, Matt, and, um, <laughs> and I could, okay, you know, so, so walking around, I could find out who in here has serious emotional problems, right? Now, if, if I was sitting there right now, my heart would be going, <laughs> you know, like this, you know, be, you know, I started wiggling around. Here's the truth. The truth is we all have emotional problems. We all do. That created a little tension there for a moment, right? We'll never forget that. We don't embarrass people here. But uh, I got, now that I got your attention, um, I want to talk to you real briefly today. I want to talk to you about emotional hangups. The truth is we all have them. And the truth is if we don't deal with them, they will deal with us. You following me? Now, what do we do with emotions? Some people just, you know... Some people are like, thank God for Facebook, because that's my emotional outlet. Wow, you know, they're just dumping it out, you know. It's like six pages of emotions. You're like, whoa, I'll keep scrolling right past that one. Lord, help whoever. I'm going to keep looking for happy birthday moments or something, you know. I mean, right, you don't want to read that. Have you ever done that? Like, you started reading it, and you're like, oh, my. Oh, my. And then you get sucked in. It's like... I mean, it just sucks you in, or, or maybe you just get turned off, and you're like, oh, 
and you, and you just, oh, I ain't got time. Nobody, ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for that, right? And so you keep going, and, and we laugh, and, and I want you to laugh. I love laughter. It's such a gift. In fact, here's something you need to know. The Bible says that laughter does good like a, a medicine. Now, I'm not going to ask how many of you take medication, right? Um, I've taken medication before. Uh, my wife's praying I'll go back on it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Y'all yeah, yeah, pray for my wife. She's, uh, she's on a cruise with her mom and her sister. Her mom just turned 60. Her sister just turned 40. And they got like an inexpensive cruise out of New Orleans. And so they're having a great time eating and sleeping and doing fun stuff. And they left me with the kids. Can y'all believe that? Uh, this morning was a test, man. I was like, I may just call Jeremy and say, Jeremy, you're up to preach, man. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. But uh, no, they're, they're great. The, here's the truth. Medication, medication, you're not a bad person if you're on medication. Medication helps people. Right? Emotional problems are more than just a faith issue. I hope you hear this today. Because I'm telling you the truth. There, there are a couple different ways that people handle this. One, they say, you don't have enough faith. Okay, if I fall, my, yeah, let's not go there. If, if I fall and break my arm, I was going to say my son today, he's got a BMX race. All right, if he breaks his arm, and I pray that he doesn't, right? But if for some reason, he breaks his arm. I believe in God. I believe God is my healer. I believe God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. My God, my healer. But I'm going to take my son to the hospital. I'm not just going to pray over his broken arm. In day seven, pray over his broken arm. In day seven, pray day eight, day 10, day 12. There are things out there to help us. But you know as much as I know that some medications, they mess you up in other ways when they're trying to help you over here. You with me? So getting back to my point, the Bible says that laughter does good like a medicine. Last week, we talked about um, relationships, and we talked about the relational gauge. And, um, you know, last week, just a quick recap, um, we said that our friendships determine the quality and the direction of our life. So if you missed last week, there, there's pretty much the, the message in one sentence, that my relationships or my friendships determine the quality and the direction of my life. So knowing that to be the truth, man, I want to make sure strategically that I have people in my life that help me laugh, that make me laugh. You know, I already got a mirror. As long as I'm looking in the mirror, you know, I mean, I'm telling you, the truth is, the truth is we um, take things too seriously sometimes, don't we? We take ourselves too seriously. You know, have you ever tripped on carpet? You know, have you ever been walking or a floor? <laughs> there was no bump. There's no wrinkle. You know, but the carpet monster just jumped up, grabbed your foot, and yanked you down. Has that ever happened? That's like highly embarrassing, right? It's happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you. Ladies, just hats off to y'all because you wear heels. And I, I, this happens to me in sneakers, so <laughs> I don't even know how y'all do it. But, uh, you know, it, it can be embarrassing, right? And that, I think, has probably happened to a lot of people in this room. Or you can just laugh about it and be like, that's hilarious. Watch out for that. You know, that thing would trip you up. Um, but life, life comes at us hard. People treat us unfair. Memories, bad memories seem to stick. And so what do we do with emotions? Well, I, I, I just want to start off with the laughter. And, and I... My goal is to always have us laugh while we're in here because laughter does good. Laughter can bring healing. God created laughter. 
One more recap about last week. We talked about five key ingredients to incredible relationships. Again, if you missed last week, I'd write these down real quick. Um, this, this will help you. Just real quick recap from last week. And then we're gonna, we're gonna focus today on that emotional gauge. The first key ingredient last week was respect. You have to have respect. And if you respect someone, more than likely you're gonna wanna hang out with them. You hang out with them, you're gonna have number two, shared experiences, shared experiences. That's number two. And then number three, hopefully those shared experiences will, will lead you to trust. At the end of the day, trust is really the foundation, isn't it? If you don't have trust, you really don't have much of a relationship. Many marriages have been broken because the trust was broken. Many marriages, many relationships, even engagements, they've eroded because trust was broken, and once that's broken, once that trust and respect begin to dissolve, so do the shared experiences, or at least the healthy ones. Number four, we talked about give and take, that it's not just all about one person, that that is give and take, it's about being selfless like Jesus. Jesus said, the Bible says uh, um, in Ephesians, Paul was actually the author of this book, and Paul was the guy that hated Christians. He hated them. He murdered them. He persecuted them. And then he has an experience with the God he was out to destroy. And then he ends up following the God of the Bible after he had killed countless Christians. And he follows this God all the way to be a martyr himself. And he says this, let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus that we need to have the same mindset that Jesus had, who, being in the form of God, he didn't think it robbery to be be made equal with God, but he thought of himself, the Bible says. He made of himself no reputation. In other words, Jesus didn't go around tooting his horn saying, yo, the Son of God is here, what's up? He didn't do that. He didn't walk into a restaurant and be like, the Son of God who wants to give me some free meal. You know what I'm saying? Come on, I'll turn your water into wine. Come on, hook your brother up. He, He didn't do that. He didn't walk around like the Pharisees did, trying to make himself more important. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, be made equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. And he took upon him the form of a servant. And he humbled himself. And he became obedient. That's a key thing right there. That's that's mutual submission. He became obedient, even to the death, the Bible says, the death, the death of the cross. Well, it's give and take. And then lastly, mutual enjoyment, mutual enjoyment. That was last week, that's relational. And I recapped it because it has a lot to do with the gauge this week, which is emotional. Because the truth is we've all had shared experiences in our life that we wish we could just delete. We wish we could just forget. We wish... We could make them go away. But the problem is, they surface, don't they? You know, when I was getting in my late 20s, when I was getting in my late 20s, um, all of a sudden, there were emotions that I had suppressed that began to, they, they began to rise. They, they began to come to the top, to the front of my mind. And there were things that I just kind of shoved down and things that I just pressed down and when I turned 30, I actually came here to Pensacola, Mama Gill's house, several of you guys that are here today, y'all threw a 30th birthday party. 
I was nervous to go to that birthday party, if I just be vulnerable with you. And the reason was I was an emotional wreck at that time in my life. That was eight years ago. I was really an emotional wreck. And here's, here's why. I, I had begun to realize that there were unhealthy emotions in me that would not just go away. And I realized that I had to have the courage oh, to take the cap off and let what was on the inside get out. You with me? Like if you leave that splinter in there, infection will set in. And then someone bumps into your finger and you're like, oh, you hurt me. You hurt me. No, 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 no. They didn't hurt you. They just bumped into you. The infection's on the inside. You with me? And so Jesus talked a lot about this. In fact, I want to look at some scripture today if we can and and we're going to hang out in the scripture for a couple of days. Look at Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 15. You have your Bibles. Matthew 15. You got your uh, smartphones, your tablets. Matthew 15. I'm going to read this passage from the New Living Translation. Jesus, he's speaking here. And, and Peter is talking back. And I love Peter. Peter didn't get it all right. Peter messed up. But I want to tell you something. Peter is the only other person that got out of a boat and walked on water besides Jesus. I, I don't know anyone else. you know anybody else? Uh, Peter, and, and what I love about it is that he said to Jesus, you know, we give him a bad rap because he didn't have enough faith. And he looked down and the wind and the waves took him over and he began to sink. And Jesus said, man, oh, you, you, you little faith. You had a little bit of faith, man. But instead of beating him up, Jesus picked him up out of his sinking problem. He picked him up. I love that. What I love about Peter is Peter said to Jesus, hey, he's like, guys, guys, I think it's Jesus. Hey, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come walk to you. He's like, what did I just say? <gasps> you know, my mouth. I mean, his mouth was constantly getting away from him. And then he realizes, but it was his idea. And Jesus says, Peter, come on, come on. He's like, I'm going to go to Jesus right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's climbing out of the boat. And he's climbing out. He's walking on water. He's like, I'm walking on water. I'm walking on water. And then he's like, oh, crap. I'm walking on water. Right? And he takes his eyes off Jesus. And he puts it on his circumstances. We're talking about emotional today. Our circumstances lead to a lot of our sinking, right? And if we focus on our circumstances, if we focus on our past experiences, if we focus on the 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 wounds that have hurt us. And, and you need to focus on them because if you don't focus on those wounds, if you don't deal with that, if you don't give that hurt to Jesus and let the healer heal your heart, you'll forever be on medication. So Peter looks back on G, at Jesus. And so just reference here, this is Jesus, this is Peter. And Matthew, who took an account of Jesus' life, Matthew um, he, he writes this book for skeptics. If you're here today and you're a skeptic, welcome. You don't have to be like us to be loved by us. You are welcome here. You know, we're going to tell you about Jesus. We're going to tell you about his love. We're going to tell you things that even if you don't believe in Jesus, that they make sense and they work and it's true. And our prayer is that God will open your eyes to the love, the most authentic, most unparalleled, most... Uh, just incredible, uncompromising love that there's ever been and that it will arrest you like it's arrested us. And we, we, not all of us get there 
the same time. In fact, for some of us, it takes years. For some of us, it takes longer because someone in the name of God hurts you. Someone who was a Christian did that to you. And, and you remember, you said, I'm not going to church. You're like, church sucks. And the reason why it sucked for you is because someone intentionally or unintentionally, they hurt you. And you thought, if that is what a Christian is like, if that's what a Jesus follower is like, I will have nothing to do with that. And, and for some of us, that's why for years, church has not been on the dashboard. It's been in the trash because just wasn't valued, didn't need that. For some of you, maybe, maybe, I mean, we read a story last week of, of uh, a man here in, who's an incredible guy who was molested by his priest over and over and over again. And for him, that led him to years of saying, you know what, I'm going to be an atheist because I believe if there was a God, God would not have allowed that to happen. I don't believe there's a God. Why would God have, like in the name of religion, like why would that have even happened? It does not make sense. And that created all kinds of emotional pain and emotional hangups. And maybe you relate to that. Maybe you're sitting there right now and you're holding tears back because someone, mama, daddy, neighbor, pastor, churchgoer, Sunday school teacher, whatever, someone hurt you. And there was incredible emotional luggage and baggage that all of a sudden you took up. You've been carrying it for years. And I want you to know something. God loves you. And God desires nothing more than to empower you with the courage to open up that suitcase and take out the dirty underwear that have been in there for too long. Are you with me? God doesn't want us to keep traveling heavy. Some of you here today, we have a couple of pilots here today, uh, have several people here today that you travel all the time. And, and the truth is the difference between me and my wife when we go somewhere um, in a pilot is they, they pack light. <laughs> or at least it looks like they pack light. They always have the small suitcase, right, Greg? And they got the small suitcase. And me and my wife, like, we got like 60 pounds, you know, or how much does it weigh, you know? I mean, we got these big old suitcases for three days, you know? I'm like, honey, are you sure about this, you know? And she's like, that's your suitcase, Tim Payne. <laughs> I love that. That's right. that's right. Thanks for calling me out, you know? And, and so we just, we, it, it's easier when you travel light, you get to your gate quicker. You can get to your destiny quicker. You can find your purpose in life quicker when you realize, okay, I've got emotional baggage and it's time to get real so I can heal. That's the takeaway today. I want you to say it with me. It's time to get real so I can heal. Would you say it one more time? It's time to get so I can, because you'll never heal. You will never heal. Until you get real. When I was 30, I went to a counselor. And I went to that counselor. And, and I said, man, I, I, I got some problems. And he said, tell me about them. <laughs> sit, back in the, sit back on the couch and, and relax. You know? <laughs> oh, man. And uh, he tell me about them. And he just listened. And for the next hour, I was like, just like verbally vomiting. I was like, all this stuff that was here was coming out. I haven't forgot about Matthew yet. Just watch this. All this stuff inside was coming outside. That's our text today. Look at it, Matthew 15. Then Peter said to Jesus, explain to us the parable 
that people aren't defiled by what they eat. Jesus had just talked. His disciples are with him. He had just talked to Pharisees around because they were picking on his disciples. They were like, they need to wash their hands. I mean, hello, if you have kids, haven't we all told our kids that? <laughs> Go wash your hands. Like kids, they play in the mud, man. They play in the mud, you know? And then they just, you know, pick up Cheetos and want to, you know, lick their fingers right afterwards. They, they don't care, man. They're like, my hand's not dirty. I'm like, there is caked mud on your hand, you know? Wash your hands. And the Pharisees were saying to Jesus, man, don't you all need to go wash your hands? That was the story. Wash your hands. And so Jesus says some words that they don't get. In fact, his own followers don't get. And so Peter's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, Jesus, like before you keep teaching, like I need rewind. I need you to explain to me what in the world were you talking about back there? And so Jesus breaks it down. And he says this, don't you understand yet? Don't you understand yet? Jesus asked, anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. All right, so, you know, when you talk to people, especially a crowd, you want to connect with your crowd. You want to connect, right? You, you want to put the cookies on the lowest shelf so that everybody gets it, right? That's what Jesus just did here. Jesus took truth and he put it where every person there could understand what he was saying. You eat, you go to the bathroom, all right? You understand that? They're like, okay, Peter's like, yeah, I got that part, Jesus. All right, keep going. Verse 18, but the words you speak come from the, oh, but the words you speak come from the, oh, let's say it real loud. But the words you speak come from the, from the heart. What kind of words have come out of your mouth lately? Like what? How have you addressed your spouse within the last, last week? You know, the Bible says that the, the power of death and life is in the tongue. Has anyone here spoken death over anyone? Like, no, no, I don't say, you know, I wish you would die. I don't go to that extreme. I just say, you're an idiot. You know, I just say, God bless your heart. You know what that means. It means you're an idiot. <laughs> I stole that one, Perry Noble. Thank you. It means you're an idiot. What have we said lately? Like, like you know, my kids are amazing. They're awesome. I love them. I love them. Sometimes they're, they're all the time kids, but sometimes kids would just take you to that, <laughs> that breaking point. You know what I'm talking about? You got that brain, and, and there's three of them, you know, and you just like, you just, you just feel it rising up within you. You're like, Lord, help me, you know. Uh, like, like this last week, um, literally, Steph's out of town, and uh, it's a school morning. And so um, that means I'm now appreciating my wife on a whole nother level. That's what that means. And so I'm getting the food ready. Come on now. I'm getting them breakfast. I'm ironing their clothes. I'm, you know, I'm making sure, you know. Everything is good to go. The homework, all the stuff that Steph makes my life so easy with. And, and we're doing all this stuff. I'm in the shower. And now it's me time. And now me time is like we time. <laughs> like me time is like we time. Because, man, you know. And I tell them, okay, sit down. I turn on a cartoon. Give me 10 minutes. My dad get ready real quick. Next thing I know. 
<laughs> Next thing I know, here comes my boys. And Gavin is like, Rah! and Gavin's tough. He doesn't cry. When Gavin is crying, like someone, someone broke a finger or something like that. I mean, he doesn't just cry. He'd fall down. He'd hit his head. He'd go, <laughs> you know, and he'll go on. I'm like, you know, um, Gavin comes into the room with a blood-curdling scream. He's holding his finger, and he's like, ah, and he's trying to tell me. He's like, ah, you know, and I can't get it. I can't understand because emotion is driving this message. And then Jaden comes behind him. Jaden is looking like. <laughs> and he's like, ah. I'm like, what happened? Come to find out, long story short. He had taken one of Jaden's toys, and Jaden had taken it back, and then he had taken it back from Jaden. Pretty good for a three-year-old. Jaden's eight. And he had taken it back. He's like, I'm going to take it if I want to. And he started running. So then right where our kitchen sink is, one of the little drawers there, you know, it's the kind that just kind of come out, you know, just a little bit, put the sponge in. It came out, and he was sticking it in there, and Jaden slammed it. Honk out of his fingers gone. I'm not talking about the skin is off. I'm talking about he's missing a little bit of his finger. And he comes in, and I'm in the shower. I got soap in my eye, you know, shampoo in my eyes, you know, trying not to cry. I, and I open the door, and I'm like, buddy, what's going on? And he's like, ah, he's telling me this. I'm like, dude, it's all right. So I kiss it, right? I'm like, kiss it. Think that'll make it better. It didn't make it better. I somehow missed the blood. Um, I maybe even kissed the wrong hand, you know. I, was, <laughs> I think I did, actually. And I was like, I'll be right out. Just give me a minute, you know, and I come out. And what happened? Jane Jay's like, I mean, he's doing this thing, and good night. Oh, sometimes they can take you to that point, right, and emotion just takes over. It rises up within you. Jesus says, the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts. Murder. Murder doesn't, you know, I'm not against guns. I I thank God for guns. A, A gun never killed anyone. The heart, an evil heart, picked up a gun and killed somebody. I just thought that was a hot point right there. I thought I'd throw that in. Um, but uh, from the heart come evil thoughts. From the heart comes murder. Watch this, watch it. Ooh, ooh, Jesus, Jesus explaining to Peter now, and Peter's going. It's a tough one to swallow. Jesus says, by the way, from the heart come adultery. He didn't just end up naked in her bed one day. You know what I'm saying? That just didn't happen. It's like, whoa, I don't know how I got here. Hey, how are you? It doesn't work that way. Like there's a process that leads to adultery, and it happens in the heart. In fact, the Bible says all sexual, the Bible talks about sex. Do you know that? The Bible talks about sex. It's in there. You ought to read it. In fact, there's some great stories in there. Song of Solomon, if, if you're here and you're married, that's probably the best sex book in the world. You just ought to read it. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about sex, but look what Jesus said. Jesus says all, that's pretty much everything, right? All, next word, sexual, and then the next word, immorality comes from the heart. 
Theft comes from the heart. Lying and slander. You know what slander is, right? It's when you like take your tongue and cut people down. It's when you gossip. It's when you talk about your neighbor to your other neighbor. Slander. They all come from the heart. These are what defile you, Jesus said. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. It's time to get real so that we can heal. I want to look at one more verse real quick. And we're going to come back to these passages of Scripture next week. I'm going to, I'm going to land the plane. Because today, I really feel like there's too much here just to, you know, I, I, I can't cover everything. But I just want to hopefully um, make us aware that the truth is everyone here has emotional hangups at, at, at one level or another. Everyone here has some emotional problems. In fact, what I love about the Bible is the Bible is filled with people that we would look up to and think, wow, that was a man of faith. Wow, that was a woman of faith. That was a man of courage. That was a woman of courage. And the Bible shows us they had some pretty, pretty bad emotional hangups. Pretty bad. And, and so I can relate with that because I have some emotional hangups. And when I was 30, you know, when I was 30, it was like for years, I had just done this, pretend this is Coke. I just done this and done this and, and life had done this and life had done this. And, and sometimes other people had kind of done this and done this and done this. And then when I was 30, I realized there was a lot of junk in the trunk. And I realized that, that I needed to have the courage to take off the lid and let what was on the inside get out because my heart was hurt. Now, I don't know where you are today with your heart, but I want to tell you something. If, uh, if you're struggling, and we could talk about fear, we could talk about anxiety, we could talk about low self-esteem, we could talk about um, addictions, we could talk about anger. We could talk about an on and on rejection, self-rejection, cutting, you know, um, being anemic, being bulimic. We could talk about all these things that the truth is, if we, we the reason why we hide it and the reason why we keep it inside is, is because we feel like if other people find out about it, they won't like us. If they really knew me, they, they, they would be out of my life, and I, I need them. So it's hard. It's hard. We, we just kind of stay covered up. We kind of keep the things in our heart. And here's what I know. I'm going to say this, read a verse, we'll land the plane. But here's what I know. What I know is that until we get real, we'll never heal. And it takes having the courage, you know, maybe your parents, maybe your parents, they verbally abused you. Maybe they physically abused you, and, and you, you don't want to physically abuse your children, but you're, you're like, ugh, you, like, that's, uh. Maybe you don't want to verbally abuse your wife, but you are verbally, you don't want to verbally abuse your husband, but you get angry, and it's like, wah, and you cut to the bone. I mean, you say things that if we just put up on screen, and it's like, all right, today we're going to show what happened last week in your house, and we put it up, none of us, right, probably would want our worst shown. But until we get what's on the inside out, we'll never be able to heal. And God will never be able to heal your heart. And by the way, that's why Jesus came to the cross and Jesus paid it all. 
He paid for everything. He paid, he, he, he allowed rejection. He, he had never known rejection till the cross. And he literally, rejection came upon him, even to the point that his own father said he had turned his back. And Jesus, why, why have you forsaken me? To which he knew the answer to the question. Because he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I who were sinners could be made right with God. Why have you forsaken me? His rejection was now in him so that I could be accepted. Fear was now on the cross in Jesus so I could be courageous. Hurt was now in his body on that tree so I could be healed. In fact, the Bible says that by his stripes we're healed. Isaiah said that by his stripes we're we are healed. And the last verse I want to read is Proverbs 14, 30. We talk about runaway emotions. Well, the Bible says, Proverbs says here that a sound mind makes for a robust body. Watch this real quick and I'm done. We think just the opposite. We think, man, if I go to the gym and I get a, I get a strong body, then you know what? That will help my problems in between my ears. The Bible flips it. The Bible's like, no, no, don't get confused. Just the opposite. The Bible, here it says, verse 30, Proverbs says this. A sound mind makes for a robust body. You want to have a healthier body, a stronger body? Bring the healing to your mind. But runaway emotions corrode the bones. Runaway emotions corrode the bones. Runaway emotions. Runaway bride. Runaway emotions. And runaway emotions are actually bad to the bone. They will actually bring disease into your body if you don't deal with the disease of negative and unhealthy emotions. Next week, next week, I want, I want you to come back. I was going to mention them now. We're just going to hit it next week. But next week, we're, we're, we're going to talk about the six steps to emotional healing. And if you're out there and you're like, wow, you read my mail today, whoa, it's a little more uncomfortable than I like, but I'm going to be here next week. Next week, we're going to talk about those six steps that we all need to take towards emotional healing. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you so much for your attention today. Anyone here today, you say, man, I, I've been pushing it down, man. I've been pushing it down. Maybe you let people walk all over you. It's just kind of created a lot of anger in your heart because you just let people walk all over you and instead of being assertive, just kind of doormat. Whatever it is, man, whatever it is, say, would you pray for me? There's, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe you say, I pray for me. I need, I need the courage to take the cap off and to allow what's on the inside to come out. And You know, the truth is everyone here needs counseling. We all do. Counseling is like getting your oil changed. You, you want to do it. It's good. It helps the engine run better, last longer. Like counseling is not just for weak people. Counseling is not just for screwed up people. Counseling is like for good people that are emotional beings. And if we're not careful, our emotions, if we don't manage them, they'll manage us. If we don't deal with them, they'll deal with us. How many say, Tim, today, the truth is I, I need, uh, I think God spoke to me today. I think God spoke to me today. If that's you, can I pray for you real quick? Man, I already see a hand. I'm so proud of you, right? We got to get real, people. Got to get real to heal. We'll never heal till we get real. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is probably what trips up more people 
than anything. And yet, for some reason, there's a stigmatism to this thing about, man, we, we don't want to go there. People think we're weird. <laughs> Got to get real so we can heal. Say, would you pray for me, Tim? Would you hold your hands up? Pray for me, Tim. Pray for me, Tim. Man, there are hands. I mean, there's a sea of hands. There's hands all over the place. Hands on both sides. Pray for me, Tim. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me, Tim. There's areas in my life that, that I'm trying to numb because the pain is still there. Pray for me. Pray for me. Where's your courage? Pray for me. Pray for me. God, you see the hands. You know the hearts. I pray for every person here today. I pray, God, that you would lead them on a path of emotional healing. God, Lord, we all, Lord, it's your desire that we not just be saved and forgiven, but that we be made whole. Lord, you restore our soul from the inside out. From the inside out, God, deal with us today. Help us to confess to you our hangups so that you can heal us. Help us to have courage this week to do a little homework, a little self-awareness and realize what's on the inside that really needs to be flushed. I pray in Jesus' name.